0: Hey bunch of besties, welcome back to Bunch of Beauties presented by Pucker Up Sports. My name is Sam Prevo, and as always, I am joined by
1: Jennifer Molia. Um, Oh, I thought I would sound more tired. Uh, the first time I talked today was getting on the call with Sam and Ariel, and I sounded really tired, but no, we're keeping the energy up. It's, what day of the week is it? It's, it's Friday. a Friday. Happy Friday, guys.
2: TGIF. Um,
1: yeah, so true. Going to be, going to be a good day. Hopefully, going to be kind of a weird episode. We have some weird things to talk about, but it's okay. We we power through. Ariel, what's your spiel for the day?
2: I was gonna be like, uh, my name is Ariel, as Jen just said. Um, I'm still waking up, so we'll we'll kind of get. I'll get a little more lively in a couple minutes. Uh, we'll get there. Yeah, I'll get, we'll get there. we will we'll get, get there. riled yeah. up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I have been up since 7:15 oh. cuz uh I my my family got a new puppy and uh she's a baby. She's only 4 months old. So, we put her to bed in the crate around 12:30 and uh then we got to wake her up around 7 7:15. So, it was my turn this morning to get up with her and I'm yeah. I'm quite tired, but I'm about. We're about to talk about some 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 stuff that's been going on in the hockey world, and uh, I I I feel pretty passionately about it. If you've seen my Twitter feed <laughs> at all, I haven't really been able to stop talking about it as much as I've been as much as I've tried not to. Um, but it seems like the theme in the NHL right now is damage control. Uh, teams have been making some interesting decisions, and by interesting, I mean extremely poor decisions. Um, and so I, I, I think we all unanimously agreed that we should touch on it. I mean, there's been so much news lately that you kind of have to pick and choose your battles, but this is the battle we kind of want to fight, I guess, is for lack of a better word. Um, so we'll just get right into it. Um, the Hurricanes made the decision to sign Tony D'Angelo, uh, to a one year, one million, con- one million dollar contract, um. And then, I mean, it was rumored on, I believe, Sunday um, before, the Sunday before free agency. Um, Yeah. And immediately it started a shitstorm um, on Twitter. Uh, I think mostly Canes fans feel betrayed. I know I feel kind of betrayed. Um, I'm going to... The article I'm going to be referencing most is from Sarah Sivian from The Athletic because she just put everything kind of into like a concise package while also um, including the quotes from the press conference that uh, yeah. Don Waddell did with Tony with Tony after the signing was made official. Oh, um, but what a guy! The thing that she said right from the start, even before she. Sat down to write the article because I respect her waiting. Because some people weighed in on it, some writers weighed in on it before the signing was made official. Yeah, yeah. Um. She waited till the press conference, which I thought was an interesting um and smart way to go about it because she wanted to wait and see what the team had to say for themselves. For sure. Before, before commenting mm-hmm. on it, which I think is yeah. fair, um, especially yeah. since she's on the beat for the team. So it just seemed fair to wait. Yeah, um, I
1: think she really not to cut you off, but just no. I I feel like. We have to give her a lot of credit because one of the first things I saw. I was in Ohio last week, and if you've ever been to Ohio, you know they don't really believe in cell service. Um, so I was <laughs> not on my phone a lot. Um, the last couple of days, it was better than the first couple of days. But anyway, by the time that I saw like the like rumor of him being signed, I was like incredibly late, and everyone was like, "Okay, we already know." But one of the things that I did see was somebody tweeted. Sarah like a fan I'm assuming I don't know if you guys saw this and they were like oh like sorry you're gonna have to cover him or like I feel so bad for you that like you have to cover him and her response was kind of like you know this is my job like don't feel bad for me like feel bad for like the actual marginalized groups that are Kane's fans they're gonna have to watch this guy represent their team and I, I just thought that was like very like mature of her i think she handled it very well i think she handled it with grace because i think it would be very easy to be like yeah it sucks right i don't like him (laughs) but yeah i just think she handled it very well
0: i think she's been towing a really good line of like i think we all know she doesn't like him but she also like knows that she has to be like she's handling it in a professional way because you can you can dislike someone that you work with or Mm -hmm. and, and you or you can like disagree she even said like i i have come to terms with the fact that i'm never going to like agree with most of these players on politics yeah so yeah. i mean you can you can have fundamental differences with the people you work with or like i don't want to say she works with the players but like that she comes into contact with through her work yeah, like yeah. you can you yeah. can ha- you can dislike those people but you can still be professional about it and not like shit talk them publicly which is basically what she's been doing for sure i um, think she's done a good job of that but I say all that to say, like, um, my original point was from the very beginning, even before she wrote the article, when Kane's fans were kind of, like, reacting and commenting and realizing that the Hurricanes may not be the organization that they've painted themselves to be the last few mm-hmm. years, including mm-hmm. myself, um, Sarah immediately was like, guys, like, the, the the hurricanes are just a brand like that's what it was it was never actual substantive su- substantial like change it was a brand that they built to get the city back on their side because I- i've been i've been a canes fan for like over 10 years now and like a serious canes fan i always like paid attention to them but like i was like a serious like watch every game canes fan for like over a decade now and things were really bad there was a lot of <laughs> Like, distrust from fans towards the organization. It like, the mediocrity, the fans were just tired of it, the playoff drought, a lot of the love that the fans have right now for the team was not there before mm-hmm. Dundon took over, mm-hmm. I will say. I think that's safe to say. And Dundon really seemed to co- come in and, like, with bringing in Rod as head coach and ter- getting rid of the, like, toxicity around the organization and the locker room and everything. Turn the org into this team that the city could be proud of and that the like smaller market teams and Sarah talks about this in her article as well smaller market teams it's more than just like being a fan and like the team plays in the city it's a community thing they're entrenched in the community yeah the players Mm -hmm. the organization the brand it's all entrenched into the community because it's all they have aside from college sports basically yeah. um in in raleigh at least in the raleigh area so it's not the same as like let's say the rangers where you know it's a brand mm-hmm. like you know that it's a business it, it, there's less um there's more transparency with that kind of thing in the with the hurricanes and like with other smaller market teams you have to build like this trust with the community where like we're for you and we're a part of you as opposed of j- to just like, give us your money, you're going to come watch the sports games anyway. Um, so, and I think like, I I even like feel regretful of like, I thought about this right away. Like, I've been, I've been on this podcast for weeks, like singing the hurricane's praises of like, they posted a whole thing about pronouns and why they're important. And they took the, they publicly took the black girl hockey, get uncomfortable pledge. Mm-hmm. And then they just turn around and do this. And that's when, like, you realize, that's when the, like, facade comes tumbling down. And I think it's, like, really hard. I mean, I especially feel like I was naive to think that the org was truly different. I think I was just hopeful more so than anything else. But mm-hmm. it's just really frustrating. And I and I don't blame people who are, um, like, flat out not being Hurricanes fans anymore. Uh Returning, they're asking for refunds on their season tickets. I know that uh, season ticket repre- rep- representatives, when the rumors started coming out, for up until like Wednesday, were fielding calls for hours. Yeah, about I that. people just calling to voice their displeasure. My mom did that, or um, like calling to ask for a refund. Um, I know people who are getting refunds. I know people who either they got a refund and they're never going to go to a game, or they like well, while he's there, or they don't have a season ticket, but they won't they still won't go to a game um mm. while he's there. Um I am not that strong. I I guys, I mean I dealt with him in New York, so I guess like I kind of have like a game plan, I guess, to like ignore him. But yeah, that's hockey the- hockey means too much to me to like just give it up like that yeah I mean a lot okay. of people can and like I think it's a very brave and bold thing to do i just hockey is literally my life and I've said this before like i'm I'm on this earth because of hockey like I can't just I can't just drop it because of this one person I can feel disgusted and I can like voice my displeasure and i can i've i have done it before I can ignore his existence on my team but i, I unfortunately I can't like get a full refund and just never go to a hockey game ever again I just can't do yeah it.
1: I feel like that's the unique thing kind of about our perspective on the situation is that he was on the Rangers for however long and we kind of like dealt with him for however long. And all I can say, if there are Hurricanes fans that are listening to this, that still want to go to Hurricanes games, but don't like Tony D'Angelo, which I'm sure there's a good number of them. um, I will say this much when players would come out before and after games if we saw him we simply would not say anything
0: oh and... I turned my back to him a lot of the time
1: yeah and it's it would get a little weird because like obviously like little kids like wouldn't really know anything about him and like would want to go like get stuff from him so you would see him like surrounded by little kids and you would feel a little yucky but yeah other than that I just if he came out I didn't go meet him I didn't take pictures of him at warmups. i would say i didn't celebrate when he scored goals but to be completely fair i don't think i ever saw him
2: i saw score. him score a hat trick Ooh, I was, at, I was at i
0: was at the game where he scored the hat trick against the devils and like i celebrated but it was i mean like how am i not going to celebrate the rangers beating it's the devils hard, you know what right? i mean like yeah it wasn't it wasn't a tony d'angelo scored it was a the Rangers are going to beat the, the Devils. Rangers. Yeah,
1: it's it's a weird thing, right? And I think that it's it's also a weird conversation because this isn't something that I don't think anyone before, like, this generation of, like, sports fans is really to deal with because I think we're really the first, I, I know I just said this, but, like, the first generation, the first real group of sports fans that's, like, having favorite players and having athletes, like, on social media as public figures as more than just people that like we watch play the sport you yeah know?
0: i think i think we're like you said we're in a unique situation because i think we know more about players than ever before they're not yeah these, they're yeah. not these mysterious mm-hmm. like figures to us anymore and mm-hmm. i mean even back in the day like uh like my parents would be in the rangers fan club and they would know some of the players on like a personal level and like go to like events and hang out with them and whatever but even in those settings, you still don't fully know the whole story about them as much as you yeah. do now because they're not sharing every little thing. Like I mean, they. I mean, hockey players are still like the most infamously like tight-lipped on social media, but mm-hmm. they still have Twitter likes. They still repost things. They still share what they're thinking a lot of the time. So that still wasn't a thing back then even if you knew a player or like hung out with them behind the scenes or like saw them a lot outside of the rink like you didn't
1: exactly you weren't gonna
0: if in those situations you weren't gonna sit down and like talk about their you know how they feel about gay people or black people like yeah you're not gonna talk to them about serious stuff like that you're probably just gonna talk about like family and kids or like yeah hockey or other sports or whatever more casual discussion
1: yeah. And I think that's something that people are starting to see with women's hockey as well, which we can get into this more later. But um, I think a lot of people kind of think that women's hockey like hasn't been affected by this toxic hockey culture thing as much as the NHL has. And I'm admittedly very guilty of that. I had like a whole year where I was like, I'm sick of going to NHL games. I'm just going to go to NWHL games because I think they're nicer. Like, So I get it. But um, over the past like week or so, we've seen some women's hockey players, former NWHL players, I don't really know what they're up to now, um, and how they've reacted to Simone Biles' decision to pull out of the Olympics, um, which, as I said, we'll get into more later, I'm sure. But I just think it's important to like not live in this bubble, no pun intended, NHL bubble, um, but but not live in this bubble of thinking, you know, oh they're women's players, so you know, they they probably think differently or they're women's players, so there's there's like probably not any like bad apples, because there are, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's really been like the theme of this whole week with D'Angelo signing and with other things that we'll talk about is we have to realize that like for as much as we love this sport and this community and like this culture, so to speak, there's still so much wrong with it. Yeah. It sucks,
0: but yeah. it's true. Yeah. I 100% agree there's not much else I can add to it. Um, yeah. I, let's let's just dive into the specifics of, like, Tony's past and, and why we're so upset. Yeah. Because even though it's been said so many times, there are still so many people, on I mean, in my Twitter mentions, like, I had a couple tweets that, like, blew up about this whole situation. And um, a lot of people still... Don't know. Like, I got so many replies. What did Tony D'Angelo do other than be an asshole? Yeah. Like, Yeah. all right, let's get into it then. I'm sure they're not listening, but still, let's get into it. (laughs) So this is a list that Sarah provided in her article. She said, he was suspended in the OHL for violating the league's harassment, abuse, and diversity policy, resulting from a slur directed at a teammate. We'll get back to that one. He was suspended (laughs) twice for abuse of an official, once in the OHL and once while playing for the Coyotes. I believe one of those incidents was also... Related to saying a slur Um, He was waived by the Rangers After an altercation involving a teammate That is infamously getting punched By Georgiev Along with It's pretty well confirmed even though the the Rangers Deny it but sources say That he also made Keandre Miller The one player of color on the Rangers Very uncomfortable and there was An incident involving um, A prank that went a little too Overboard taking away his First goal puck from him and withholding it from him for yeah. a little bit too long um again the rangers deny all of it but it's been confirmed by plenty of sources um <laughs> last uh lastly he has a raucous social media history that includes urging a fan i know him lou who disagreed with one politically charged take to find him outside madison square garden after a game this is what he wrote i'm an easy guy to find you don't have to tell me what you would or wouldn't do just show me if you want to be a big man so, that's, that was a day on Rangers
1: Twitter. I mean, that was a day.
0: he also—I mean, she didn't say this in in the article, but she also—he also um during uh, in his last stint on Twitter before he gave up on Twitter, um he publicly denied COVID nineteen, and uh, in likes and through you know some of his rhetoric, he was pushing uh, anti Asian, anti Chinese. COVID-denying misinformation rhetoric um, online, which is extremely dangerous, Um, especially it was during, like, the height of the pandemic. Um, Yeah. And he was pushing a lot of uh, election misinformation as well um, with, uh, you know, believing that, you know, there was election fraud and stuff like that. Um, So that's his little rap sheet. Um, I I was trying to think if there's anything else it feels like uh, there's no more. a lot of it's just like um this is why like I don't get into it because a lot of it is also like just he well I will say this though with his watch your tone podcast they did go after our friend Shayna, um who writes for the athletic um they didn't like comments she made and singled her out specifically with screenshots and things oh, like that wow. and I didn't they that. sicked their little supporter mob on her um it was really, really hard to watch, and I was super angry because um, he had. They had a habit of any time, especially when like the podcast like was in its like first stages. Anyone that said something that was like negative towards Tony, especially if it was a woman, they would single them out and start calling them out on Twitter and stuff like that to try to send his little mob after them. Um, that was a big thing that Tony liked to do. He liked to weaponize his supporters on Twitter against people that um don't agree with him and the irony is that they would come at us and be like you just don't like anyone that doesn't agree with you interesting um but I want to get back to the the oh I want to get back to the OHL
2: um incident yeah
0: because he was asked about it um uh and it was interesting because Uh, He said he said that he made a mistake calling the teammate a racial slur. And Sarah asked him, what would you say to a Hurricanes fan who was called a racial slur last week, which I thought was a very good way to word that question. Yes. Um, And so this was his response. He said, I would say to them that I've learned. It's never happened again, and I was regretful of it. I'm still friends with that guy, and I've apologized to him. I did what I had to do there, and I wanted to do it. I had to go to some counseling classes back then. I don't know what you would put them as. I don't think you would describe them as anger management, more like sports psychology would make sense to say, I guess. But I regretted what I said. It was in the heat of the moment in a game. It's something that I wish I could take back. I can't take stuff like that back, though. It's not like I can say, oh, it didn't happen because I'm sorry. But it's something I, that I wish would have never happened. But I, it did, and I learned from it. It hasn't happened again, and it never will happen again. And I want to go to Twitter to look at, because Rachel Dory, um, who's extremely knowledgeable and used to work for the Devil, she has big ties to the OHL, she, if I can find it, oh, so she quote tweeted, that that quote from Tony where he says that he made the mistake and he still talks to that teammate that he called a slur um Sarah tweeted out that quote individually and Rachel co-tweeted it and said I sent this to the to an individual that was involved in the OHL incident in question and he laughed at the notion that Tony apologized and showed remorse for it he followed with it's been a decade so he may have learned and changed but based on what I've seen and heard since I'm not convinced
1: yeah. That's kind of what I was figuring. I mean, I, I think we're familiar with the template of reporter asks if person is racist, racist says, no, I am not racist type of interactions. Yeah. Um, because, and I mean, like you said, not that Sarah worded the question badly. I thought she worded it in a perfect way. I thought that was incredible. But, you know, it's one of things those things where if you, if you ask someone, like, they're not going to say like, yeah, I called him a slur, and I didn't. Regret yeah, it. like, yeah, 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 exactly. So it's it's tough. It's definitely yeah. it's a, just um, and, sticky situation. And
0: I, I think of and then it's interesting because a video circulating around that, you know, it again this was from clo- like closer to his draft year, but and that was 2014, so it was a decent amount of time ago. However, I think it speaks a lot to the problem at hand is that he was interviewed, um, him and his father were interviewed about the incident um, and, like, his character questions leading into his draft year. And his yes. his father said, well, if he was suspended for those things, I would have been suspended for those things, too, because I say those things. And the reporter was, like, shook, actually. And he was like, wait, like you, like, you're admitting to me right now that you say like racial slurs and yeah the and his father was like yeah i mean like that's just like how we were raised and like that's like a south jersey thing and like or like south philly or whatever the fuck he said and i'm like yeah but like you can just stop saying those words like it's not that hard to just take those words like there are plenty of words you don't say every day add those words to the words you don't say um so I thought, that, and like that, just to me speaks to why it's so implausible to think that he really understands what he did was wrong, because if this is something he's been conditioned to believe by his family is okay, mm-hmm. why is he gonna turn around and just be like, "Well, everyone else is telling me it's wrong, but my parents say it's okay"? Like, I I don't know. I just, and the thing that bothers me the most, I think, is we're not that far removed from everything that happened with the Rangers.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I I feel like it's one of those things where, you know how people talk about, like, things you learn about in history class, and, like, they'll be like, yeah, like, they made the pictures black and white, but, like, they had color photography in this year, like, it really didn't happen that long ago, like, mm-hmm. I think about that a lot, not to get completely off topic, but I think about that a lot with just, like, racism and segregation, things like that, like, it wasn't that long nope. ago, like, it was a long time ago, but, like, not, not that long like a lot of
0: our in our parents and grandparents lifetime for the most part. I was gonna
1: say a lot of us have family members parents grandparents who were alive during when that happened and that's kind of less extreme but that's kind of how I feel with this I'm like I watched this happen like yeah and
0: <laughs> yeah we so like we watched the incident with the rangers happen and we yes like, yeah. we saw all the fallout from it and the thing that like it's confusing to me is that They obviously the Rangers AHL affiliate didn't want him either when the Rangers (laughs) waived him, but they tried to send him to another AHL team to on a loan to get some playing time in, maybe use it as bait to trade him. And none of the other AHL clubs would take him. Literally no professional hockey team would take him from the Rangers, even on a loan meaning they wouldn't have to pay his contract. There's no trade involved. He would just play for their team for free. And they didn't want it. We're really not that far from remo- far removed from that. That was in February, March. Okay? It's July now. That's four months ago. Yeah. And yeah. somehow we believe that he's different. And, again, I give Sarah credit for pushing the issue she – they. Uh, Waddell, Don Waddell, the GM of uh, the hurricanes, they asked him, like, Sarah asked him, what specifically leads you to believe that he's different? And the first response is, I don't have all the particulars. (laughs) We've read and researched everything. He's recognized it. He's lived up to his mistakes. He continues to try to be a better person. And I know he's worked with a group out of New York working on himself, which... Tony wouldn't dive into specifics of. That's all you. That's yeah. all you can do. You believe in what people are telling you, and we've talked to Tony a numerous amount of times. We all got com- we all got comfortable making this decision. Yet Tony wouldn't go into any specifics about what that group in New York was, and clearly it seems similar to that sports counseling he went to in the first place. So I don't know how that's yeah. much different. And clearly it's not working. Um, and he wouldn't go into specifics about what happened in New York either. He just said it was a misunderstanding. And he says that all of this stems from him being too competitive, but you can be a competitive person (laughs) without being racist and homophobic. Yeah, I was like,
2: yeah, exactly. That's not being competitive. That's being an asshole. Yeah. And so this (laughs) whole situation doesn't seem right with me. And I don't
0: like that the, the hurricanes are trying to like give this some PR spin of like, just trust us. We know what we're doing. Um in the, the phone call that a lot of season ticket holders had, it seems like the reps all were all kind of pushing the same uh, narrative. Cause there was a Twitter thread where someone described what the, what the rep said to them. And uh, my season ticket rep yeah. gave the same spiel to my mom. And this isn't to fault that like, I'm not saying this is the season ticket reps fault at all because they have a job to do and this is their job. And they're trying to, you know, they're told to try to get us to keep spending our money on the team. So it's, I don't blame them at all. It's kind of a shooting the messenger situation. It's, it's mm-hmm. not them. I want to get that out there. It's not them, but this is what they're telling us on behalf of the team. Yeah. So they basically told us to just trust Rod Brindamore. He he'll take care of it. He he agreed. We said they sat down with him and Jacob Slavin and Jordan Stahl and and everyone did their due diligence and everyone's on board with it. And, and we've eradicated locker room cancers before and Rod will take care of it.
1: Yeah, I what? Mean, the, why? It's what's what?
0: I just don't get why that's worth the risk.
1: There's so much flawed about that, but something that stood out to me is they were really pushing this, we did our research, we did our due diligence, and here are my thoughts on that. And
0: then I don't have all the particulars.
1: <laughs> well yeah contradictory but also you shouldn't have to I mean obviously you should have some knowledge on a player before signing them but if you have to say we did in-depth research on this player before signing like you shouldn't have to like why did you have to do all that research why did you have to find so much out about them why did because I I think I saw a quote about like we did the necessary background on him or something mm-hmm. like that and it's like do do these people understand that? Like, like what's an example? The Hurricanes just signed Brendan Smith. Yeah, right. Um, love him, loved him on the Rangers. He was very sweet the couple times I met him. Besides the point. Love you, Brendan Smith. Besides the point. Um, you didn't see love and death. You didn't see anyone saying yeah, like we really did our research before this Brendan Smith signing. Like we really went in depth on his past. Like we're really confident in this move. Like you know, we know you might be hesitant on us signing Brendan Smith, but like we we want
0: you to just trust us. No, yeah, they didn't
1: have to say that about Brendan Smith. They <laughs> signed they
0: signed a plethora of other defensemen. To be fair, they they trade they yeah. traded for Ethan Bear. They signed Ian Cole. They still have Jake Gardner on the books. They signed Brendan Smith. They signed Ian Cole. So I don't. I don't get what why this move was necessary. Even um, I don't know why it's worth the risk. I also want to remind people, playing in the NHL is a privilege. It's not a right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I saw some things like when I because I, I I said it. I wrote a tweet that said that Bre- Tony D'Angelo doesn't belong in the NHL. Jake Virtanen doesn't belong in the NHL, and Logan Mayu doesn't belong in the NHL, and that. We as fans deserve better than that. As the hockey audience and as a sport, we deserve better than these people getting constant chances. And I don't regret what I said. I stand by what I said. I don't care if people are mad about it. But some of the people who are mad about it said, well, how are are they supposed to make a living? There's a million other things they can do to make a living, I promise. (laughs) Especially Logan, who's 18 and still has time to figure out what else they want to do for a living. Like, you, you don't, you don't, playing a professional sport is not the only option, surprisingly enough.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing is that there's this sense of entitlement, right? And it's like, well, and uh, another thing that irritates me is that a lot of people use the argument of, um, you know, in regards to politics or beliefs. Well, um, I'm sure a lot of other people in the NHL have those beliefs or have said a slur or have, assaulted a woman or whatever and my response to that is like yeah you're probably right unfortunately but we don't know about a lot of that I'm sure so how about (laughs) the ones we do know about
0: we We can't properly I think I think it's interesting because we we do know that there's some other bad eggs in the bunch right I mean that's like I mean yeah we all I mean one thing we know for sure is that a lot of NHL players are very conservative. A lot of NHL players support our former president, prior to Joe Biden. I don't want to say his name. A lot of people align with some of the things that Tony said, and maybe some of them are racist. I mean, we're coming. There's coming out now that people that you know, Blackhawks players were using uh, homophobic slurs against the players that were assaulted, which is a whole other can yeah. of worms and is so disgusting and awful. So we do know what happens, but. You can't just – unless it comes out specifically about that one player, you can't just look at every single player and say, you're a racist, you you probably said this, you probably said that, because yeah. you don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, I think we just get so mad about people like D'Angelo or whatever. Like, it doesn't take that much to just keep that shit to yourself. Like – Exactly. Like, exactly. I, I mean – It's just not that hard. Like, again, if he was outspoken politically and was just uh, just a Trump supporter who said whatever he wanted to say uh, about Trump, I wouldn't care. I don't care. Mm. I have family that are like him. I don't care. Like, it's not about politics. It's about everything else. Like, there are plenty of conservative players. There are plenty plenty of Trump-supporting players that are public about it that haven't told a fan to meet them outside MSG to fight him.
1: Yeah, like, there's a line. There's definitely a line. There are those players
0: that... (laughs) maybe they lean a, a little you know like they don't really like think gay people are right or whatever but they're not calling they're not calling someone the <laughs> f slur yeah. like there's human decency involved
1: yeah and i i think what's important as well is that like not everything one of one of my friends one of our friends kate says this a lot when this stuff is brought up because she's an islander fan and she She obviously was an Islander fan when Robin Leonard got signed and that was at the height of a lot of his controversy and before a lot of the good stuff happened. And something that she says a lot that I think is important to remind ourselves of is that nothing that we love or are a fan of just in this life in general, outside sports, is without fault and wholesome and completely pure and has nothing wrong with it. There's nothing that we love that is without fault whether it's a movie, an actor, a celebrity, a video game, a TV show, everything has things wrong with it just because that's human nature and that's the world. And so I think that's something that's very important to keep in mind as as a fan of hockey and as a fan of sports in general is that this world and this sport is not perfect because humans play the sport and humans by nature are not perfect so you can still love hockey you can still love sports you can still love the players and obviously the three of us still do and we know tons of people who still do amidst all of the bad stuff but you know as long as as long as you check that bad stuff and you acknowledge that it exists you know you you shouldn't stop loving something because there's things wrong with it because there's things wrong with everything and i think that's just really the bottom line here you know Um, And I think a lot of people become very obsessed with blacklisting um, certain players or certain teams or even in other realms of entertainment, certain bands or artists or movies or TV shows and saying, well, this person worked on this thing and they're racist or this person worked on this thing and they liked one of Trump's tweets. And it just it gets very exhausting because Mm -hmm. everything we love is tainted in some way just because that's how life is and i think that if you're constantly looking for things wrong with the things you love you're going to be a very miserable person first of all and you're going to make a lot of people around you very miserable if you're a hurricanes fan and you're constantly like well tony d'angelo's on the team like we know we know we were there we saw it we know and i just excuse me i just think if you're able to acknowledge for this example with the Hurricanes if you're able to acknowledge that Tony Dionjo is on the team and you don't agree with a lot of the stuff that he's done you maybe don't think he should be on the team balance that with I really love the Hurricanes and I have a lot of great memories because of them and I love going to games if you're able to let the two coexist yeah
0: that's the best place that you can be that's in, a- I think. yeah it's like it's like the separating the art from the artist uh, argument yeah, and and yeah. I think I've I think we've talked about I've said mentioned this before but I think it, there's just a big problem in celebrity culture in general where you put your mm. favorite person on a pedestal especially like I mean I think we've all been in that case where like a certain sport or a team or a band or an actor or a streamer or whatever whatever it is that you love maybe helped you through a hard time or. Or is like your safety thing or your comfort thing. And you don't want to believe that the thing that helped you through that hard time or is your go-to when you're going through a hard time or whatever is bad because then that somehow makes yeah. it less comforting for you. But like you said, everything's inherently flawed. And you just have to yeah. accept that like ev- these people aren't impervious to that. I, I I I don't know I just I, I that's why I said I can't give up on hockey. I can't give up on the hurricanes but I, I am a I, I think we are still also allowed to be extremely angry at the organization for its choices and for dissolving this image that they had of this progressive uh, inclusive organization because they really did for a while paint themselves as, one of the more inclusive, welcoming organizations in the league. And a lot of that had to do with their social media presence, which I saw, I guess, a lot of people who didn't like their social media team being like, well, what witty tweet are they going to use for this now? Like, (laughs) don't blame the social media team either. I'm sure they've gotten a lot of vitriol. Like they don't, they, they aren't the team. They aren't the GM. They aren't the owner. They didn't, they didn't sign Tony D'Angelo. They just got to, you know, do what they can. They're, they're, they're an arm of marketing. They're a PR apparatus for the team so they have to just make everything look great so don't blame them it's another don't shoot the messenger thing
1: yeah i think a lot of times um people take their frustrations out on social media accounts just because they have no other way to do it you know they don't have direct access to the gm or the head coach or anyone else on the team so it just becomes at canes screw you for doing this we hate you and i think that You know, people are never going to stop doing that for as much as I wish they would. But I think if you're someone listening to this who tends to do this, Think about the person on the other side of the phone or the computer, because they're probably not thrilled that they had to deliver that news either. Yeah. And even if they don't really have an opinion on it, I'm sure they knew that they were gonna have to face some sort of social media backlash, whether they helped with the decision or not, which they did not. Yeah. And that's something that I learned interning with the NWHL under one of their social media managers, Alyssa Turner, who I love is and is incredible. You you see that when you become the voice of a brand, you take a lot of backlash and it's never deserved. You never deserve any yeah. of the backlash you take. You never make any of the decisions for the team that people are mad at and you still have to take the brunt of it. And so my point of that is just if you are someone who is going to make a mean tweet at the Canes, just remember that. Tony D'Angelo is n- probably never going to see that tweet. I Well, I mean, he's different because he like searches his name on Twitter and stuff, but my, my point of that is that the people who made the decision to sign him are probably never going to see that tweet, but someone who is going to see it is somebody who's probably already exhausted and is just trying their best at their yeah. job, so don't blame the social media manager they're doing their best yeah. they're probably not happy about either that's what i said, <laughs> that,
0: yeah that goes back to my earlier point about the season ticket reps because like my mom even when she because we're season ticket holders for the hurricanes for the first time this year so this was kind of a disappointing thing because we were really excited for next season and all these off-season moves yeah. are just kind of i mean she's happy about brendan smith but aside from that <laughs> about yeah, aside from that um She, when she called our season ticket rep, she was like, listen, like, I know it's not you. I just have nowhere else to vent to. And like, I need to get this out and I need someone in the organization to hear it. And he was very understanding and I'm sure he, we weren't his only clients that called him and, and, and that kind of thing. But I think it's nice that like to acknowledge that because like you said, and like, and like I said previously, like they don't. They didn't make the decision. They're just like, don't don't shoot the uh-huh. messengers, basically the gist. But I want to go back to when you brought up Robin Leonard, because yes, yeah. I really think I mean, people can disagree with this and I'm sure we know people who disagree with this, but I think we can agree that Robin Leonard is a really, really good example of someone who actually did self-reflection, actually learned from their mistakes and actually grew as a person. Um, yeah, as- especially when it comes to his politics, because I think that that's a, lo- a thing that a lot of people don't like that he, you know, like had like a Trump design on his mask or whatever. And yeah, mm-hmm. but he's I, I mean, I-, I-, I would have to like dig to find it. But I know that I saw it that he has even addressed that before and understands why that was not okay. And has t- I have the article up if you want me to read the quote. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I know him. that he w- like has gone back on yeah. that stance.
1: Yeah, so just to juxtapose it a little bit, the article that um, was so off-putting for people in supporting Robin Leonard, including me, um, is from the Buffalo News, and it's called Inside the Sabres, Robin Leonard, His Trump Mask, and the Backlash. Um, And it was published January 20th, 2017. So this article basically just says yes, Robin Leonard admires Donald Trump and he's a husband to a Persian wife who sees the problems in the Middle East firsthand. Um, And it's honestly, I don't really agree with this article because it tries to like humanize like the bad qualities of a lot of people who support Trump. Like they were like, yeah, you might think he's a misogynist, but like he also has a two-year-old kid. And like, I just don't agree with that um, kind of rhetoric. But Basically what happened, if you're not familiar with it, is um, for Buffalo's Military Appreciation Night, one of the years that Leonard was on the Sabres, he had a special mask designed um, with decals that were, I think, related to the military, which, you know, people have their own opinions on that. But the, the problem, I think, was that in addition to the military decals at the bottom of the mask, like on the back of his head, it just said the word. Trump, um, which seemed a little unnecessary. I feel like you could have just done the military mask without that detail. But besides the point, um, what he had said was, oh, and the mask was only used for warm up, so he wore it for 16 minutes, which is kind of funny to look back on now because we all got mad about something that he didn't even wear in the game because he didn't even play that game. Anyway, um, his quote was. Um, when he says the guy, he's referring to Trump. He says, I admire a lot of things about the guy. You know what? I don't like a lot of things too, but I also recognize we're all humans. People are looking for this perfect world type human being. Robots, I guess, to rule. You know what? We're all flawed. To get in the limelight and being called these, uh, t- being called all these types of things, which he doesn't have to do, inspired me. I'm not going to apologize for that. I just admire the guy. You can find a lot of wrong things about it. And I know I'm fully war- aware, but again, we're all flawed. Finally, you get to know who's running things good or bad. Someone else, you don't know the layers of hundreds of people behind it who maybe pull the strings. Here you can see what's being done. You can expect what's being done. You've got to recognize, too, this country is the most powerful and I would say greatest country in the world. It's important to all of us how things are here. Um, I'm not going to finish reading it just because it, it's a lot of the same things. He ends it by saying that his wife is Persian and her family is Persian and that. And, you know, it's not easy to go and visit um, her family because of what was going on in the Middle East at the time. Um, and he kind of ends up by saying, like, we should all accept each other. We have too many differences. You know, I-, I hope everything gets better in the Middle East. But then he's like, this is the land of the free and we need secure borders. So overall, you can imagine how, yeah, you can imagine how after reading this, you were like, I get what he's trying to say, but maybe not executed in the best way, and that kind of just put me off from supporting him or even paying attention for a couple of years because I was like, he sounds like a lot of my relatives who try to justify supporting yeah. bigotry. Mm-hmm. Like this, that sounds like the Thanksgiving dinner table to me. So didn't like it. But the other thing that I wanted to read from is an article. Ooh. They want me to disable my ad blocker. Sorry, guys. We're going to pause my little ad blocker. Okay. So this website is called NHLTradeRumors.me, which sounds very unofficial, but this was definitely posted on like an actual website, and maybe this place just copied it. I don't know. Bear with me, guys. We're on the fly right now. Um, But um, this kind of came up when the... Black Lives Matter protests were really, like, kicking into full gear, um, like, this time last year, summer 2020, um, and NHL games were starting to be played again, and a couple players knelt for the U.S. and Canadian national anthems, so um, this tweet that I'm looking at in particular was from Shayna at Hey Shay with a bunch of wives, um, who we love dearly, she's the best, Um, And she posted uh, Robin Leonard, Tyler Sagan, and Jason Dickinson kneeling with Ryan Reeves for both national anthems on August 3rd, 2020. So because of that, um, Robin Leonard was asked about his previous support for Donald Trump and he was quoted as saying i made a mistake once putting a trump sticker on my mask that is something i regret now at the end of the day it's about human rights not politics it's time for white people to step into battle with our bro- brothers and sisters and make change so i'm sure he said more about it yeah. um and i'm sure that's like relatively yeah easy i believe i find.
0: believe in in that oh, conference God. he basically like backpedaled on his support of of trump and basically just said like yeah i Mm -hmm. wasn't like i basically like i mean i don't want to put words in his mouth but just that basically like he (laughs) understands now like why he was wrong to be like well yeah like trump sucks but also we're all human like i think he realizes like why that's bad to say um yeah and he is, I, I don't know, he just seems like someone who's willing to listen and willing to learn and willing to, like, he, he doesn't stand firm in his, he doesn't stand firm if if he realizes that what, something that he once believed to be right is wrong, he doesn't stay put. He doesn't say, like, well, I believe it, so that's it. Like, he exactly. is willing to learn and change. And, and, I mean, his whole journey just, like, real getting diagnosed bipolar and and becoming clean and sober and all that kind of stuff and and his advocacy for mental health and the way he interacts with people on social media like he's never malicious to people he Mm -hmm. he's always he's one of those people that's like I respectfully disagree like have a nice day like I don't know I I there's a difference you can see a stark difference between him and someone like Tony Mm D'Angelo
1: yeah and I think it's important to note that you know, just because we kind of I don't I don't wanna use the word forgive because we don't know Robin Leonard personally no. and he didn't wrong us personally. No. So it's not like I forgive you Robin Leonard, like now you can sleep at night because three girls on a podcast like don't not like you anymore. Um, but just because we um feel better about him now doesn't mean that everyone has no. to. And I think it's okay if you're still kind of iffy about him. Absolutely. Because, you know, obviously yeah we're all white. And, you know, I obviously, if you're not white, you probably were affected a lot more by, you know, people who were supporting Trump and maybe made some bigoted comments. So I think that, you know, just because we have this opinion doesn't mean that you have to have this opinion. If you still don't really like him, I think that's perfectly fine. But I think we just want to talk about this because we think it's important to acknowledge that, there are ways to show that you've changed in this world of hockey and sports in the NHL. And there are people that do deserve second chances. This isn't a one and done and you're canceled. kind of. I think that's
0: a huge thing to bring up because that, that was also a huge point of like contention in my mentions of like, people don't aren't, don't deserve a second chance. And yes, they do. But also this isn't the (laughs) second, this isn't the second chance for Tony. It's like the fifth chance chance he's gotten. And there just becomes to a, a point where someone is not going to where they just won't people, there's a point where people decide that they just don't want to change and they don't want to learn. And I think I mm-hmm. think that's the point that Tony's at. I really do. I genuinely believe that until I'm shown otherwise. But when you have someone like Robin Leonard who proves like, hey, like these are the things I've done. I acknowledge them. I genuinely apologize for them. This is the these are the ways that I've grown. And has actual evidence to prove that, then yeah, you deserve a second chance. The the big one, I think, is is Logan Mayu, and because he's mm-hmm. because he's so young, people are like, oh well, he's a teenager, he made a mistake. And for those who don't know, I mean, I think it's pretty hard to not know at this point. But uh, Logan sure. Mayu was on a loan on a is a Canadian player, but he was on a loan in Sweden and uh, playing, you know, in the SHL over there, and he ended up getting fined and co- technically convicted of a sex crime and said sex said sex crime was taking a photo um, of a girl during a consensual sexual encounter the The sex was consensual but the photo was not um, right. which is a crime and the girl obvious the victim obviously feels very violated by what happened I mean you don't I think it would be the same if she, if like it, if taking photos is the same as like recording a sexual, a consensual sexual encounter. Like you need consent also for that stuff to be taken. And not yeah. only did he take it, he distributed it, which is really gross. And I don't want to think about it, but, um, cause even if she consented to the photo, he had no right to distribute it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. but the difference and like people, you know, are like, well, he's a kid. He made a mistake, whatever. I would agree with that if he showed any form of remorse. But all the remorse that I've seen has been performative in the sense that when he when he decided to withdraw from the draft, which he didn't actually get withdrawn from the draft, I want people to realize, yeah. he just told teams to not draft him, but he was still yeah. available yeah. for drafting. The NHL did not take him out of the draft officially. Um, during that time period, the victim apparently, uh, 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 reportedly – What she wants from him is a written apology. And she wants him to acknowledge that what he did to her was wrong. But apparently, up until the point that he got drafted, he was painting her as vindictive and wanting to ruin his life. And like, all she wants, she doesn't want him to have a career, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And never apologized to her or her family for the pain that he caused and then he said he didn't want to be in the draft but then all of a sudden when he gets drafted by Montreal oh i'm so sorry for what i did i'm going to i'm going to go to counseling i'm going to do this i'm going to do that but there's still no formal apology to the victim and i think until that happens, and until he really shows he's remorseful, I don't believe that he belongs in the NHL, and I don't believe he has a, he deserves a second chance. And clearly, Montreal, aside from Mark Bergevin, I guess the organization has taken the same stance because he won't be invited to training camp. He's not going to go to any rookie-related event. He won't basically won't be around the organization
2: for That's- a long
0: time. They basically wasted a draft pick.
2: Yeah, that's what doesn't make sense to me is when I saw that, like, three-step plan come out, which, again, if we're going back to the whole D'Angelo thing, like, if you have to have a plan for this guy, like, maybe you shouldn't have drafted him, but the fact that they're like, oh, he's not going to be around the team, he's not going to, we asked him to stay away from camp, you know, we'll assess the situation, we don't believe at this time, like, he should be here. Oh, uh, okay, yeah that's really like (laughs) if that's how you're feeling and you don't think he deserves the chance to be at your camp not that he was gonna make the team anyway why just like why did you make the pick it it just goes back to everything we've kind of been saying or you guys have kind of been saying i guess um about like if you have to do all this like backpedaling all this research all this like Saying all these things like then maybe you shouldn't have made the pick. Maybe you should have just moved on. Uh, You would would think. think. You would think. It's
0: just been like it's just been a really rough time for hockey culture, I think. And it's been a rough time for for women, for people of color, for queer people, for LGBTQIA plus people in the hockey community, really. I mean, we already knew it, but like getting confirmation again and again and again and again that this sport doesn't really love us back it kind of sucks um and, and and Jen I think you've you've mentioned this before and like your thoughts on that and and being a member of the LGBT community um you've talked about it you've written about it how difficult it is to to be a fan of this sport but like this just reaffirms that and it's happening like one event on top of another like just stacked Because Jake Bertanen was also bought out and, and he is also someone that a lot of people are like, well, he's been accused and it's not proven yet. And it's like, it's not innocent. Isn't it innocent until proven guilty? And all that kind of stuff. And, and I would agree to an extent, except the victim has pretty detailed accounts of what happened. And (laughs) she's not the only one that has come forward. Now numerous other women have come forward about their experiences with Jake Vertanen dating back to his juniors and his time in Utica. So then that establishes a pattern. It can't it it goes from believing that you have to believe that one victim's lying going to, oh well now like eight girls are lying, which probably not. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean and and yeah,
1: the probability of that goes down. And a lot
0: of people point to the Patrick Kane thing as well, and and we've talked about this, but in Patrick Kane's case, he was being investigated for something that happened in his hometown, uh, a small town in upstate New York, um, and there were de- and there's been reported uh, like fishy things that went on with evidence and things like that. And the and and when you have that person in power getting you know investigated by their hometown, and he's a superstar, and this woman's accusing him of something, and and there's it, she was already you know ha- didn't have that much evidence, and it was just. That situation, I don't want. I don't think should be a frame of reference for anything. If mm-hmm. if, I, if we're gonna, you know, talk about that and say our personal opinion on that, I just think men are very quick to jump to the woman's trying to ruin this man's career, and yeah, I. Yes, it does happen, and those women should be ashamed of themselves for it because it ruins, it makes it harder for women who actually were victims, but mm-hmm. um it that's very rarely the case guys and women don't have a you why would you go through the trouble of bringing all this up and and getting into this with someone when it didn't happen it's just it's there's there's a lot more to lose by lying than than you know by telling the truth so um yeah so i just i mean it's just been like a really 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 bad few days at least for me like mentally with (laughs) dealing with like trying to reconcile like that one of my favorite teams could do this and like just another I feel like it's just another blow to like my loyalty and my patience and my love for for this sport um I don't know if you guys want to add anything else
1: Um yeah I mean it's hard because at this point I'm kind of like we've talked about so much I feel like we've kind of exhausted it but I feel like the bottom line that all three of us can agree on and that I'm sure a lot of people listening can agree on is that for for as much bigotry and hate and bad things exist in this sport we do love it so much and ultimately the reason why the three of us started writing about hockey covering hockey doing this podcast about hockey is that we want to leave it better than we found it and because we truly enjoy the sport and love the sport and obviously all of our dms are always open if anyone is ever looking to talk about any of these things whether it's on our personal accounts or on the puck Up sports account and obviously if you if reading about these events has brought anything back up for you or triggered anything for you obviously you know don't feel guilty about stepping back for however long that you need if if seeing this stuff about the draft or seeing this stuff about um tony d'angelo signing or anything like that has made the internet not the safest or best place for you take a little break because you deserve that and your mental health comes before anything else, Um, and that that sort of ties into. I know that we're kind of getting close to time, but that ties into one more thing that I wanted to mention really quickly, is that Simone Biles, um, she's a rock star. Um, If you haven't seen, (laughs) love her so much. If you haven't seen on social media, this is something that has kind of been at the forefront. So I, I'm sure most people who are listening have seen this, but. Um, A couple days ago, during the Tokyo Olympics, she withdrew from the remainder of one of the events, I believe. I don't know the particular language. She
0: withdrew from the team event and then later on
1: withdrew from the individual all around. Right. So she had said in interviews afterwards, I don't have the exact quotes, but um, when she was in the event, she kind of felt like, you know, my head's not in this. I'm not going to perform well. And... I, I had been reading about it a little bit and a lot of people who are involved with gymnastics have said that um, you know, she was talking about getting the twisties and that's kind of like a thing that a lot of gymnasts yeah. deal with, that you're in the air and you kinda of forget where you are. You kinda of don't know where you're gonna land. And that sounds terrifying and I would never want to feel that yeah, way. Yeah, she she did um, like one
0: of the easiest vaults because like that you could do in the in the event because mm-hmm. I was reading about it because um like, when she got into the air, she forgot, like, all the other stuff. Like, like you said, she got the twisties or whatever, and yeah. just did, like, a basic move, but it was, you know, pretty bad.
1: Yeah, so... So she obviously she felt like her head wasn't in it, which is why she made that decision. And she still stayed with the team for the rest of the event for the rest of the day. She was cheering them on. She was helping them getting supplies for them and everything. And the Team USA ended up getting silver, which obviously, you know, was still an incredible accomplishment. I don't understand how people are finding a way to make that a bad thing. Um, But all this to say that this has obviously been a topic of conversation on social media the past couple of days since it happened. I have seen an outpouring of support for her, and I have seen a lot of people really emphasizing that mental health matters and to put your mental health first. And I'm very happy about that, but something that I was maybe unhappy about is that some former NWHL players and also, I believe, former PWHPA players um, in Kelly Stack and Haley Scrupa were making some comments about Simone's uh, decision to uh, withdraw, and I want to find the exact tweet because honestly, don't go respond to it. Don't give them any more attention. I was trying to find Haley's. I was trying to
0: find Haley's, but, but I didn't see it. Maybe she deleted it. Yeah,
1: yeah, possibly, or maybe it was in her likes. I don't know. Not really sure. But Kelly Stack essentially was like. Um, You know, calling Simone a quitter, saying that she quit on her team, saying the goat always finds a way. The goat doesn't quit on her team, basically, Um, which you never want to hear that. You know, the, the true, in my opinion, at least the true definition of the greatest of all time and a team player is somebody who knows when it's time to take a step back, knows when to prioritize their mental health, knows when they're not at their best. And I do truly believe that. You know, Simone was doing what she thought was best for the team at that point in time, and you can never fault somebody for that. Um, but in addition to um, these comments about uh, Simone, uh, Kelly Stack is also making some comments about COVID-19 and the vaccine, um, even going as far as to posting Simone's quote, um, where she said she was having a little bit of the twisties, and said, Dr. Fauci is going to make an ineffective vaccine for the twisties now. Hashtag Simone Biles. So, I did
2: see that um,
1: <laughs> So, um, um. and then obviously... You know, I, I had met Kelly Stack in the past when she was playing for the Connecticut Whale. Didn't really have any issues with her back then. But then again, that was five years ago. Lots of things have changed. I also did not talk in depth with her about her opinions on mental health or politics, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, you know, a, a couple looks at her Twitter can tell you the kind of... I was going to say the kind of person she is, but that's unfair. But the kind of opinions that she has. There are some Dave Portnoy tweets and the likes. Um of Lots of tweets about the CDC and vaccines being ineffective and whatever um and she she did kind of say I'm trying to find the exact tweet but she said something like a lot of players agree with me but I wouldn't want to out them because you would all go after them yeah. you know I, I only outed Haley Scarupa because she outed herself first or something oh and my it's gosh. like that language yeah. just doesn't sit well with me I'm sure it doesn't sit well with anyone but it especially doesn't sit well with me because the word outing that I have heard is typically in the context of a gay person queer person in the LGBTQA plus community who doesn't want to come out and is outed and being quote-unquote outed as someone who thinks that Simone Biles is a quitter is not the same thing as being outed when you're in the closet as a queer person so that's just not sitting well with me, just in general. I,
0: um, I also thoughts. I also just like. I mean, I guess this is a this is a problem on both sides. I don't understand the need to go after every single person that like says something you don't agree with. Mm-hmm. Just don't say anything. Just, like, in just ignore yeah. Yeah. it. Just like you don't. Ha- like, especially with, like, I mean, I guess because I've seen all these people, like, going in my mentions, like, getting all mad at me for things I've been saying about <laughs> Tony and, like, and, like, I, I mean, I've been called, like, this is the first time I, I mean, like, I've been called things, but this is the first time I've been called, like, I was called, like, a feminazi, and, like, I was told I have mental problems because I have uh, my pronouns in my bio, like, I, I was called, like, a bitch and a race baiter and all this stuff, and mm. I'm like, if you hate me so much, why do you care enough to, like, comment on what I'm talking about like everyone's social media is personally curated to them so if like mm-hmm. just don't reply to something you don't agree with I there's plenty of things I see on a daily basis that I don't agree with I just scroll right past it I don't exactly know. like yeah. it's so easy to do that it's so easy like everyone's entitled to say their opinions and everyone's entitled to share how they feel on social media so like Haley Scrupa, if she really feels like some mobiles like gave up on her team she could say so but then like you don't have to like be mean to her or like say rude things to her. You can just disagree with her and be yeah. like, "That that's a bad take. Like, it is a bad, it is a bad. And you can talk about it on your own page how that, how people just have, saying she's a quitter is a bad take. And here's why. Like, I don't know why we have to make it like individual battles and like make it uh, like attack a person for what they're saying. I don't know. Absolutely. And it, it
1: kind of became like, I, I did just find Haley's group of tweets for a second. I thought she deactivated because I couldn't find her Twitter. And I would have laughed at that. But she did not. She is still on Twitter. Um, and she was making tweets like um, Team USA tweeted about Katie Ledecky. Yeah, she was which,
0: like, a, an Olympic incredible. athlete won an Olympic medal or whatever.
1: Yeah, she was like, in
0: case you missed it, an Olympic
1: athlete competed in the Olympic Games today. And of course, everyone in the replies is like, be better, stop. Um, and just the way that Scrupa was responding, just it seemed very condescending. She was saying things like, well, that hurts my feelings. That's not a nice thing to say. Hate isn't a nice word. Bullying isn't the answer. And that just reads as very contradictory to me because at the end of the day, what you're saying or implying about Simone Biles, that's not very nice. That, that could be read as bullying, Haley. Um, so just reads as very contradictory to me. And you know, the, the way that some of these people think that they're automatically the bigger, better person, because, you know, they, they have these little witty remarks or they just end it by saying, I hope you have a great day. I hope you have a great summer. Like just by cutting it off like that. Like it's, it's just ridiculous. And again, it it brings me back to, you know, don't think that women's hockey is exempt from the problems that exist in men's hockey. We've gone on Many a rant about how mental health should be taken more seriously in the men's game and how they shouldn't be playing through injuries. Sam had a lot to say about that a couple weeks ago. Um, so if you are someone that primarily follows the women's game, don't think that you're exempt from this, because you're not. <laughs> like it it still very much exists on on both sides of this game and it's frustrating yeah. and it sucks, but we can't ignore it if we do want to, as I said, leave the sport better than we found it. So yeah, I mean, don't go give these tweets attention. Yeah. I kind of read from them just to prove that they exist
0: and I'm not just talking in my ass. Um, but yeah. I did want to say something about Simone Biles also, because I'd be like, we've talked a lot about yeah. mental health and physical health and, and then like and injuries mm-hmm. you can't see and stuff like that. But I think we forget that she is a is a victim of Larry Nasser and she is still competing for working with and train with and training at the facilities of the organization that perpetuated and allowed her abuse to continue um and she's working she's competing in those same facilities where it happened so she has to go into the like every day basically into the place where she was abused and expected to act like it never happened um And that weighs a lot on you mentally aside from the pressure of I mean, she she sees all of us saying that she's the greatest, one of the greatest athletes of all time and the greatest gym and the greatest gymnast of all time. And that comes with pressure to be that all the time. Of course. Yeah. Everyone expected her to sweep the golds this year. And I just all of that combined. I can't imagine the pressure. I just can't imagine it. So I think I think it's so foolish to say like she just gave up. Like this is her life. This is her life's work. I doubt this was a decision she made lightly. Of course. but yeah. when you but yeah. when mm-hmm. you can't contribute to your team, when you aren't gonna put your best foot forward, you aren't going to be able to perform at your highest. then it makes every sense to step away and work on yourself as opposed to forcing yourself and possibly making it worse.
1: Yeah, and I mean, as, as we mentioned earlier, she was doing what she felt was best for herself and for her team. And at the end of the day, whether you agree with it or not, I don't think that you can ever fault someone for just doing what they thought was best for themselves and for the people around them. Because isn't that what we're all trying to do? Not to get philosophical. Aren't we all and, just trying to do and what's best for us? Her
0: teammates support her. So yeah, why, right? Why are we so, like, why, we're, We don't speak for them. So why why <laughs> are we so upset? like i mean we as in like the royal we of like the audience that watch not <laughs> the people who are yeah, yeah not yeah yeah so i don't know i just don't like it's there's so many other things in this world like when katie ledecky was getting criticized because she wasn't winning a lot of golds because she's one of the best women swimmers um and she was winning silvers which apparently is considered settling which is insane but but You know, she's like, she said, I don't understand why everyone's so concerned with, like, me not winning gold medals. Like, there's so many other things to be mad about or upset about in the world.
1: Yeah, like, this should be your biggest problem. My mom says that a lot. Like, if I complain about something stupid, she'll be like well, that should be your biggest problem that Burger King put mayo on your Impossible Whopper when you didn't ask for it, you know? Like, you are that should be your biggest problem that you're annoyed about an Olympic athlete making a decision. Like, I'm glad that your life is so great that that's what you have to focus on. Yeah,
0: especially in the pandemic. Like, there are people, and it's getting, and unfortunately, it's getting worse because people aren't getting vaccinated and the Delta variant and everything. Like, there are people every day making decisions to, like, let go of family members Or like mm-hmm. Are planning You know Funerals for their family members Or Have to worry about How they're putting food on the table Because they lost their job Or like Things like that. And that's just even in this country Let alone all the horrible things Happening in other countries Um mm. So I don't Like I thought that was very Like Poignant of Katie Ledecky To be like Why are you guys mad That I'm winning silver medals Not gold medals Like When there's plenty of other things that you can complain about or be upset about or focus on in this yeah. world than me, an Olympic athlete, coming in second place, not first place in a competition.
1: And as I said, like, that's still freaking amazing. It's still amazing. I could never. You know, like, how are you going to... It reminds me a lot of... Um, <laughs> it reminds me a lot of, like, Abby Lee Miller on Dance Moms when the girls would get, like... I'm trying to think of an example like a girl would get like third place and she would like well you made top three you didn't you didn't get first place or a girl would get uh fifth or sixth, and she'd be like well you made top 10 you made top five you didn't get first place or you would see a girl get second place and you'd be like well second is the first loser second is the biggest one to lose like why do we have that mindset let's let's take a little look in the mirror guys instead of tweeting about it I think personally
0: go touch grass
1: (laughs) I feel like we're saying that a lot and it's it's very it's very um very relevant right now. It really we'll
0: is it, it really at. is relevant. I just feel like a lot of people need to just come back down to earth a little bit. Ah. Ah. <sighs> uh, anyway, this was this I feel like this was an episode where like we we didn't talk a lot about like all the news of, out, but we had to say these things. I feel like this this these are discussions that need to be had because for sure because at the end of the day like signings are going to happen like trades are going to happen they're still going to happen the off is still very young but like and we we'll, and like we could always get back to those but like the more pressing thing right now is like this huge d- like these huge events that are just perpetuating everything wrong with hockey culture at the moment and like this it seems like this huge wave of people on twitter who are like, speaking out and be- and being, like, fed up with all this stuff. I mean, it might go away. Who knows? But for now, people are still pretty angry, I see, on Twitter, at least.
1: Yeah, I mean... Who knows? It'll probably go you know, away once,
0: like, training camp starts and everybody's so happy that hockey's back, <laughs> but they don't care.
1: I was gonna say, yeah, a lot of times when we do have to deal with, like, these heavier topics or these controversial topics... Once hockey kind of starts again, people just kind of forget about it, which isn't the best thing. Um, we we should still have these things in mind, um, but I get it. I mean, one, once hockey starts, it's kind of like,
0: yay, hockey! I don't really yeah. care. I mean, it. this stuff. I feel like we like the potential Eichel trade, all the signings, all the other shit will always be there, but this is what's happening right now, and this is what matters right now. I think that was, and I think I think it was, I think it was something we all agreed on. For sure. So thank you, ladies, for the lovely discussion. Um the one thing I will say is uh Seth Jones and Zach wrensky are making more money than Kale McCarr for the next very long time. So <laughs> let's have a laugh at that. That that's that's our haha before we uh before we head out. But um they, ending on a light note. Yeah, ending on a light note, but thank you all for listening um and like jen said if you need to if anything uh that's been going on has been particularly upsetting or triggering or you know you feel like you may not have uh people in your corner or someone to talk to uh we're available on social media at pucker up sports um you can follow us for just general like podcast updates and other stuff but like also you can reach out to us we're we try to create a welcoming uh, environment for hockey hockey fans of all kinds, but especially, you know, m- more marginalized groups like women and people of color and people in the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, so please feel free to reach out to us. Um, again, that's at PuckerUpSports on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Um, our DMs are open. Um, or if you just want to keep up with us and what we're doing, then – Tucker up sports is the place to be. Um, and yeah, that's about it. I uh, will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.